nothing, 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 nothing you could do. Straight up. There's nothing you know the boy says. There's nothing. I don't know why you want to play with it. There's nothing you could do. Ladies and gentlemen of Knucklehead Nation, as you can see, I'm delighted to be across from none other than Chad the Savage George. Welcome to the Keep It Clean video podcast, my brother. Hooking me up with whiskey as usual. Knowing I'm going to get sloppy, but it's okay. We're live. And we're going to be talking about, among other things, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. It's only fitting that we're drinking whiskey, bringing up Conor and Cowboy's names. Cowboy more of a Bud Light guy. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, Cowboy is a... uh beer guy and Connor's a whiskey guy but I'm actually um, I'm a whiskey guy I like it uh, I'm not a Connor guy and I'm definitely not a um, proper 12 guy are you, are you saying you're a cowboy guy um, I mean I'm a cowboy fan yeah know? but for me I'm just we're just speaking whiskey yeah, yeah and I'm just not an Irish whiskey fan I got you I got you so interesting because we had you on the on the show, I guess it's a show now. <laughs> uh, you know, you're the one that kind of helped me, uh, or kind of made me aware of YouTube after my interview with you about Conor McGregor after the Habib Nurmagomedov fallout. Uh, you know, we had you on the channel. It's now broken fifty thousand views. That interview with you immediately after the the McGregor and Cowboy uh, fight, or the McGregor and Habib fight. And here we are again, talking to McGregor again. That's kind of got what got it us started on the channel, so I thought it was fitting to have you on Very cool. to talk about uh, McGregor. You know, um, where do you... Well, I mean, let's, let's get into the preview here. You know, McGregor's been out for a hot minute, and, and Cowboy's been, been very active, but everybody's looking at it like McGregor's the guy that's just going to, you know, walk right through Cowboy here. I mean, how do you see this fight going? Well, there, there's a lot of different factors going to play with this. Um, if you're talking about stylistically, um, you know, it's two strikers that are coming in there and they're going to meet in the center and they're going to fight. If I was the strategist going into this, I would actually have Cowboy um, <laughs> die for a leg lock right when this thing started and make this fight on the ground. Even if he's on his back, um, he should have his way with Connor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying Connor has bad ground. I'm just saying that Cerrone's ground is so good. It's on a whole nother level, not only by a lot of, by, by with Connor, just it's so underestimated in the division, period. Yeah. But he's not going to do that. You know, Cowboy's the type of guy that wants to make it a, a fan loving fight. He's going to stand there and trade with McGregor and he's going to give everybody what they want. And in my opinion, statistically speaking, Cerrone's a slow starter. And the fights that he starts slow and he gets hit by guys that start fast who are good punchers, it doesn't go well with him. Yeah. And McGregor is such a precision striker when he comes in. If he lands those first shots early, I think it's going to be a lot of trouble for Cowboy. And McGregor is like a fast starter, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these guys are very yin and yang is the way I see it. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, I, I think McGregor is going to win this fight. I think it could be interesting, though, if it gets to the later rounds, if Cowboy's able to survive. I mean, is that what you see, too, where, you know, Connor's always had these questions about his his stamina, and if Cowboy can get it to the later rounds, you know, maybe he can do something here? Or? Um, I think in this fight, I don't think the stamina is going to play that much of a factor for Connor. I think, because this is going to be a striking fight. You know, he's not going to have to worry about so much other areas where if we go to the ground or whatever it is, like he had to deal with Nate Diaz. Yeah. Nate Diaz is a pressure fighter, comes forward, comes forward, but if he goes to the ground, that's where Nate really wanted the fight. Yeah. Um, I think that stamina is not going to be a problem with this. It's going to be interesting to see the sizing yeah. between the two guys. I know McGregor's really big for this fight. He's supposed to have put on some weight, some muscle. Uh, Cerrone is is the same thing. But here's the thing you got to remember. Everyone talked about how much bigger... Um, Nate Diaz was with Conor McGregor. They were both lightweights. Yeah. Everyone's talking about oh McGregor's fighting Cowboy at um, at welterweight. They're both lightweights. Mm -hmm. They're both just coming up in weight. They're not had a th they're not needing to cut. They're just putting on muscle. They're putting on um, a healthy weight so they can just be in this fight at full capacity. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how Connor does with the extra weight on him. You you told me, Cowboy, you know, if it were up to you, if you were the strategist for Cowboy, you'd tell him to get Connor on the ground mm-hmm. right away. Um, a lot of people say Cowboy's really good on the ground, but Phenomenal. I mean, but how how do you know this? Like, where have because I mean, it's like we, we never see him on the ground. Go back and watch his tapes. The times that you have has been in, incredible, at, remarkable. Like at WEC and stuff like no, that? No, I mean, the WC, yeah, but also in the, in the bits you see in the UFC. Yeah. He just chooses to keep it standing. You know, I have a lot of friends that train with him as well, and they say the same thing. I mean, he's he's probably the best guy on the ground, or one of the best guys at the Jacksons camp. Wow. That's very strange, you know. Do you think, I mean, he's got it in him to just say, screw it, I'm going to, you know, throw a monkey wrench into this whole thing and just take Connor to the ground? I mean, that's always there, right? It's oh. always there, but look at Connor. I'm mean, not Connor. Look at, look at Cowboy the way he is. He's like, I just want to fight. He doesn't care about it being for the win or for the title, even though he's made some comments recently that he's saying, you know, this is his title run. He wants to do this. But at the end of the day, Cowboy is there to be a cowboy. He wants to put on a show. He wants to stand right there in the middle of of the corral and let the entire town watch the fight. All right. So for those people that don't know, one of Chad the Savage George's favorite things, and I know this because I remember the stuff you tell me, most of the time, depends how much whiskey. Depends we how much whiskey we drink. <laughs> is battle plans, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I know. My understanding is you really enjoy, you know, being in the war room and coming up with strategies, delving into the mind of a fighter and a coach. You know that Cowboy's going to stand up. Yep. What would your strategy be uh, if? If you were Cowboys coach, knowing he's going to do that, what are you telling Cowboy to do? Here's the thing. The way I look at fights is I look at it this. If I'm going against a a fighter who has a high IQ, I want to look at what they're looking at. I want to break myself down and look at how are they going to strategically try to beat me? Not about what am I good at and how am I going to beat them because that almost becomes irrelevant. It's how would I beat myself? and then build the game plan against that. And for like Cowboy, he's a slow starter. I know I'm a slow starter. They're gonna come right at me and they're gonna fight me right off the bat. So he's gonna have to match the fire. If he was, in, in my opinion, be in this camp being ready for a dog fight, I would use that dog fight to get it to the ground. Make Connor believe that I'm gonna be in a striking fit with him, get into an exchange with him, let him know that I'm here to fight, I'm standing, I'm not going anywhere, and then, put him on the ground or get it to the ground any way that I can. I wouldn't even be opposed to jumping guard. Yeah. Because now at least I have him in the realm that I want him and he doesn't want to be. But from a striking standpoint, mm-hmm. what would you tell Cowboy to do there? Well, I mean, that's 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 tough, right? Because Cowboy's got the long kicks. He's got those long teeps. He's got long punches. And you could oh, you could say, "Okay, Cowboy, keep him at the end of your punch. Keep him long. You're going to be longer than him." Connor's a phenomenal striker. He understands the range game. He's going to have to be ready for a firefight right when that first bell starts. It, it's it's not going to be a slow fight. Right. It's going to right when that bell starts, it's going to be a fight. And even Connor knows that. Connor wants to come fight too. He's coming guns blazing. And it's going to be just that. It's going to be a firefight. Be ready for it. Do you think I mean again, your your advice to Cowboy Use the jab, leg kicks, teeps. I mean, concentrate on kicking more than punching. Because, you know, if, if you ask me, obviously, you know, I'm not as as versed in this as you are. But, you know, I see Cowboy's kicks. I feel like his kicks are better than his punches. To be I do, too. So here's what, what I would look at. I would use my hands to keep Connor's hands busy. Keep him away from his face. Um, use his heavy low kicks because Connor's got a very wide stance. Start ripping at those legs. When he starts when he starts reacting to those leg, legs, go up high with the head kicks. I think that Connor's major, I mean, um, Cowboy's major weapon in this is going to be his, his kicks. He's going to be able to throw low, and it's going to open up him going high as long as he doesn't get clipped in the meantime. Really beat up that leg. Yeah. And uh, as far as a prediction, mm-hmm. you know, what do you think happens in this one? It's a tough one because it could go either way. Um, I think that... On paper, it really lines up well for Connor. 
I think it shows that it's going to be a, a first-round finish for Connor. That's what, that's what I see on wow, paper. Wow. Um, if Connor doesn't get him in the first round, and if Cowboy's having a good time and he's out there having fun and doing what he's supposed to do, I think Cowboy could finish him. Wow. I, I would like to see Cowboy with the win just because of <coughs> the storyline of everything. I, I think Cowboy deserves it. You know, he's been in the game for a very long time, and obviously I have a, a, a lot of respect for the guys that are coming from the WEC, you know, WEC forever. And um, <laughs> I, I think he's just, he's he's paved his own way, and I think he's do this. He's not just do this fight against Connor because I think he's just missing the boat of the big payday versus Connor. So I think he, he's deserving of, of a victory over a guy like this. Besides, you know, I guess the, sort of storyline him paving his own way working hard always fighting I mean is there another reason you prefer Cowboy winning do you have any sort of dislike for Connor I'm not a fan of Connor and everything that he does to sell his fights you know I I don't agree with a lot of the things of that you know if you're an elite athlete or if you're an elite person of any stature that you should be able to get away with a lot of things that you get away with just because of your your status I I don't I don't get it um and I don't agree with it you know there's there's been people that have been hurt through the process and I don't think that people like that should constantly be given um more and more chances I think they should be punished and and treated like everybody else you know I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna say oh what about this what about this who are you to say this this is just my opinion yeah you know this is this is what I feel and I feel like (laughs) Cowboy is a guy that has just been the guy that has been there the whole way through. He's been who he said he's going to be. He's going to he's done what he said he's going to do and he's just he's just there to fight. Yeah. And he's one hell of a fighter and he's just you know, he he he's the definition of what I think that we want to see fighters as. A guy that wants to show up, fight, doesn't need the trash talking and really does just want to elevate the sport. He's a guy that it seems to me He's a great fighter, but so many times he gets right there, right near the summit. <coughs> Excuse me, and <clears throat> he seems to come up short. And but doesn't that make the again. story? That's what that's what I think draws me to it because I'm so big on the mentality. I'm so big on uh, um, what we have to go through, and I think that for a guy like that, he deserves it. Maybe this isn't his chance. Maybe it's not this time. What's great about this, even if he loses to Connor. Yeah. He's still going to keep coming back with the same mentality. I'm still pushing forward. You know, he's not going to see this as, as, as the setback that, that finally broke him. He's just going to keep doing what he does. And I think all those, all those losses that were just short are reasons why this could be his time. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you think that he's come up short all those other times because it's a mental thing for him? Or do you think... He just doesn't quite have the talent to be all the way at the top. I I don't think it's either one of those. I think he has all the talent to be there. I think he has all the right things. I think it's just a matter of the night. You know, I think when a lot of these guys um, have elongated success or a lot of these guys are placed in the right places and the right things have lined up at the right times, I just think that he's just hasn't had the right night. I think anybody that's in the top three, top five, maybe even top 10, any single one of them could be world champion at any time, depending on the night. You know, one of the things I I always wanted to do is my thing was like, I wanted to become the best fighter in the world. I wanted to become world champion. And when my time kind of started getting closer, I realized that I train with world champions all the time and I realized that I could beat these guys. So it really did open up that that idea to me that all it takes is one night. It just yeah. takes one night. Look at look at uh, Matt, Sarah, and uh, GSP. Yeah, it just yeah. takes one night. Anybody can be there that night if it's your night. And you know, obviously, by fighting so much, he gives himself a lot of opportunities for that night to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, it still hasn't really happened for him. Even though obviously he's had a great career, and, and even if he didn't win a belt, I think he's going to go down as you know, kind of a big deal in the fight game. That being said, though. Do you think that there's a skill, especially in fighting with all the nerves and the, you know, mm-hmm. the mental aspect mm-hmm. that you're really into and you're always talking about, do you think there's a skill in the fight game where, where a guy has to be able to transition what he does in practice into the live fight and you know some guys just can't do it and some guys can't? Well, I think the thing with Cowboy in particular, 
I think if you want to start picking at why he might not have had his night yet is when it comes to just don't let it be just about fighting. Let it be about the strategy and game plan. And I think that that is the only thing that he could maybe adjust, in my opinion, to make the difference. Like we're talking about against Connor. Yeah. I'm talking game planning. What I think would be an easy game, not an easy game plan, but another route than the expected. <coughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that could have been it on his other occasions too. Maybe it wasn't about just standing there and banging and just proving that you can be there with the best guys in the world. Step outside the box a little bit and see what you could have done differently going into it and throw them off guard. I mean, this this is not a tough guy's sport. It's really the smart man's sport. A lot of people want to be the tough guy. That's what the foul, the, the crowds want. That's what the fans want. That's what Dana White wants. But you got to be the smart guy. A lot of people are saying, and and it seems like this is you know the consensus that if Connor wins this, you know he might get a title shot after this. I mean, is is that for real? I mean, for me, it seems a little bit insane that you know a guy like Justin Gaethje wouldn't get mm-hmm. it instead, or somebody else. I mean, how? I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, it's it's just showing that the sport doesn't matter of who you beat or what the stats are or what ranking you are. It's really about what the numbers are. It it sucks because you have these guys that are climbing the rankings. They're dedicating everything in their lives and they're, they're beating the best guys in the world. And that doesn't mean anything. If Connor wins this fight, I mean, let's think about it. What sense does that make? Connor's last fight. Um, he, uh, he won by, what was it? Split decision or was it, um, Connor? Yeah. No, no, that was against Khabib, right? Oh, yeah. So he, so he got choked Khabib, out, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking about um, Nate Diaz. And it's been a while. And it's been a while. So his last fight, he got choked out at lightweight. Yeah. Now he's moving up to fight Cowboy, who's he was not just a journeyman, so I'm not going to say he's a journeyman, but he is a journeyman who's got the credentials to be the best guys in the world. Yeah. If he beats him, so, so you're on paper saying, we're going to beat a guy at a weight class that isn't relevant to lightweight and a guy that isn't necessarily in the top considerations for a lightweight fight to go back and get a rematch against the guy that just beat you. It's very strange. There's, there's no other sport in the world where you could see a similar scenario uh, uh, play out. It just doesn't make sense. I I don't think so. And I mean, that's a whole nother topic. I mean, I'm sure we'll get that in another, I'm serious. I don't even think, here's the thing. I, I don't think that Khabib will beat Ferguson. Wow. I actually think Ferguson is the kryptonite for Khabib. So you could look at it that way and see that maybe you're going to give Connor to, to Ferguson. But you're a big-time jiu-jitsu guy, though. I am. <laughs> so so you may be coming from a place of bias there. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm coming from a place of, of historically speaking. Mm. We've seen Khabib getting stuck in situations by guys that I don't feel are nearly the level of grappling that Ferguson is. Wow. And I think Ferguson's grappling is so unorthodox and he's so unpredictable everything that he does, it's going to give him the hardest match of his life. Yeah. And I think Ferguson's going to pull it off. I mean, that's I'm sure that's a whole other topic and subject, but that could be a place for, okay, let's see what Connor looks against him. Yeah. But do, would, would, would we really throw a guy whose last fight was for the title that lost against the new champion. I think there's plenty of other guys that are in line that are more deserving. Yeah. What if they just threw him in for a 170-pound title? Stop it. <laughs> against, Stop it. Against Usman or something. Let's put him against Masvidal. Let's see what happens. Oh, my goodness. Let, okay, let's put let's, let's give him a build-up match. Let's put him against Covington. Like, look at the top five guys at, at that weight class. You really think that he's got a shot against any of them? Outside of him believing he does, that's just silly. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's got a shot against those guys. Usman, the, the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, those guys are tough. And my goodness, that fight! Let me tell you, between Covington and Usman, that was a hell of a fight, man. I mean, my goodness, those guys were like ready to die in there. <laughs> that was a hell of a fight. I, I wonder what would have happened had Covington not gotten his jaw broken. He was winning the fight. That was a hell of a fight. He was winning the fight. I'd like to see that run back. I think a lot of people would. Uh, Masvidal, too. I mean, do you think, you know, should, shouldn't he be getting Usman next? I, I guess think so. that's what's going to happen. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Connor beats Cowboy. They're talking about him getting the Could title be. shot. Who do you? I guess okay. So Habib and, and Ferguson will fight next, mm-hmm. and you know, let's say Habib wins. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Habib wins. Habib wins. Who do you, you know? Who would you rather see him fight as opposed to obviously Connor? If mm-hmm. Connor beats, I, beats I don't even consider that one. Yeah. Um, what are my options? I mean. For me, right off the bat, I think Gaethje would mm-hmm. be a real tough fight for Habib, you know? I think Gaethje would be a fun fight because he can wrestle. He's got a wrestling base. I don't know if Habib would be able to get him down. And he's the Terminator, too, man. That guy keeps oh, coming. Oh. He looks like he, he dies and comes back. Man, that guy's crazy. So I feel like that would be a fun fight. And I would, I definitely think Gaethje earned it. I mean, he, what, he stopped Cowboy in the first round last time they fought? Stylistically. So, I don't know. I just don't see how, how Connor... I mean, other than the fact that he draws so much freaking money, man. I... I don't know. You know, uh, I'd, like see, I'd like to see Gaethje. But, I mean, let's look at it. Other than Gaethje, who else is there? You know, but it, I'm Dude. sure a, a lot of people, though, can make an argument, right? Because, I mean... Who Connor hasn't been hasn't even been active. I mean, no, 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 he's no, no, been no, around. I'm talking about first versus Khabib. Who who's left after after yeah. Gaethje? Like who who are we putting in there? You know, I don't know. I See? mean, Kevin Lee, even though he's not Kevin Lee's not not he he wants that fight. Yeah, but he's not touching Khabib. But he deserves it less than Connor. No, I think you know he deserves I mean? it more than Connor that's because he saying. hasn't fought him yet. That's that's what I'm getting at. But what I'm just, I'm just but I'm just talking about who's in the pecking order. Yeah. Like who do we have? They're, the not pool much, isn't yeah. very It's not deep. Yeah, no, it's not deep. So it means it means Gaethje. But man, to let I think to let Connor fight the winner of Habib versus Ferguson before Gaethje is a real This so is the fight. Real do Gaethje and Connor. Do Gaethje and Connor. Oh, that's a fight. Man. Do Gaethje and Connor. Can you imagine the shit talking that'll happen on that one? I don't know why they didn't do that this time. Because that might be a fight Connor will lose. That's true. This fight is way safer than Gaethje. Mm-hmm. It's the guy Gaethje just knocked out. See? I just, you know, I feel like that's such a slap in the face, though, if they let Connor get the the title shot, you know. And it's the Keep It Clean video podcast, and the insinuation with Keep It Clean is, you know, we call out the BS, you know. You said there's no other sport like it. There's boxing, which is even worse, if I'm being honest with you. But you're right, combat sports is the absolute... You know, it's 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 a nightmare. I mean, look at the it's guy. Okay, so if, let's just say boxing and 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 MMA, right? Yeah. I mean, look at the guys that are fighting for titles in boxing. I mean, they're they're like, hey, who can we get? We got this guy in Mexico who's got like a thirty and two record. Yeah. Let's buy him. Let's have him come in. Yeah. On paper, it looks good. There you go. Same thing. Yeah. They yeah. pick the fights. Doesn't matter. So a couple people in the chat here. Uh, Marco Martinez says, if Cowboy can withstand Connor in the first two rounds, Connor's in trouble. His stamina level will be strongly tested. Could be. And, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You know, we and that's what I was talking about. It'll be very interesting to see how Connor does with the new size that he's put on. That's what I was thinking too, because I felt like I mean, you know, you'd obviously be, be again more experienced. Than I am coming in heavier, not having to worry about the weight cut and all this stuff. Coming in at 170, will his stamina be better, or, or you know, will that? Hurt I would his say stamina? it's going to be it's going to be tested. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because I know for myself, when I put on more weight, it's hard to it's hard to keep it on as far as like the energy levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he doesn't have to cut. Yeah. So I mean, he's basically walking around what he's training at. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, Jamaican, one of my uh, you know favorite contributors, he's in the chat. What's up, brother? Thanks for joining. He says, Connor versus Gaethje was the fight to make instead of Cowboy yep. coming off two knockout losses. Yep, exactly. And then he says, uh, I hate to say this. But this year, if UFC and boxing doesn't make the right fights on pay per view, I ain't buying. And and you know, hey, but here's the thing: I hate to cut you off, but you yeah, know what? Yeah. UFC doesn't care. 
They don't care. They why, don't. Why do you because think they have so many people, like the one or two people that are that are going to boycott it. They don't care. They have ten more people that are going to sign up on ESPN. How do you? How do you? <laughs> so how do you combat that? I mean, you know, you know, we do what we can. We got this little channel. You know, we we call them out. Um, but obviously, you know, you need a lot more than that to kind of. It's not going to change. It's like the the UFC machines, and it keep getting bigger. And the only thing we can do is, you know, is is support the sport because it is what it is, and the fighters are getting a platform, you know. And with the growth of like Bellator and and One FC, there's a lot of opportunities for guys to finally start making money, which is great. Yeah. But when it comes down to those three letters, UFC. It is what it is, and it's going to be that way. Yeah. The move to you uh, to ESPN only benefited those three letters. It didn't benefit the fighters. And it looks like it's done a, a lot of good for UFC Fight Pass as mm-hmm. well. I mean, did you see they basically swallowed Glory? They're showing Glory fights on Fight Pass? Wow. Now? It's insane, obviously, as a kickboxing promoter. Mm-hmm. That kind of freaked me out, you know what I mean? Uh, guys, if you're on the chat, you want to ask the champ any questions, feel free to do so. Um, just want to let them know that before we continue. We also got uh, Ginger Giant in here. Thanks for joining, brother. He says, uh, Gagey is next, though, so if he wins, it'll happen. So I guess, you know. I don't know. I think they're afraid of that fight. I mean, it is the fight to make, but I think the UFC is afraid of it. Yeah. You know, because if you put this this monstrous Gagey in with your cash cow, I mean, how does that look? Your cash cow loses two of his last three fights? Yeah. Yeah. Only win coming against a guy who's coming off two losses. Yeah, and, and that sentiment is, you know, being agreed upon by Suleiman. Suleiman, thanks for joining, brother. He says Cerrone's last two fights weren't even competitive. Bad precedent. Gaethje is getting royally screwed. Uh, and he says, and he's replying to Ginger Giant. He's saying there is no next. UFC makes whatever fight, whatever yeah. they See, want. That's exactly what I'm saying. They, they go back on the drawing board and they say, which fight makes more money? Yeah. They don't say which fight makes more sense. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a dichotomy with the UFC, right? Because one thing I love about the UFC, I, I love many things about the UFC, but one thing I really like about the UFC is, okay, even though things like this happen where sometimes they're putting money, a lot of times they're putting money ahead of the fight that should be made, mm-hmm. we also get the best fighting the best in the UFC mm-hmm. typically, Yep. right? That's not something we get at all in boxing. I mean, it's such a rarity in boxing. You know what I mean? Um, how do you kind of feel about that? I mean, the, at the very least, they're, they're at least making the best guys fight the best guys. But once in a while, they also do these, these gimmicky money fights. I mean, would you, you know, do you understand that on some level? Do you prefer that not happen? I don't, listen, here's the deal. I don't mind it. Like, here's the thing. Make the super fights make the power plays, do it on statistics, whatever it is. But you can't bash the other shows for doing the same thing. You know, like UFC really dogs on Bellator (laughs) for putting on these these, um, pride-style fights, right? The circus fights. The older guys, yeah. Yeah, but they do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, they do this by bringing in guys like, come on, let's be honest, uh, CM Punk. Oh, my God. So, hold on. You're going to trash these other promotions for doing something like this. And then you're going to bring on guys like this and say that you are at a different standard. No, that's hypocritical. Uh, How about Brock Lesnar pushing Daniel Corvey in the ring? That was so WWE, bro. Uh, But, you know, I I got love for the UFC. Um, So do I. Yeah, yeah. I think UFC is the the biggest and best show in the world. But you're right. It just sucks because the guys that are finally deserving the title shots, they've worked their entire lives for it. Now, here's the thing people don't realize. Not only have they worked their entire lives for it, their camp has. That's true. That's true. It's much bigger than that. So not only is the fighter getting screwed out of it, their camp is getting screwed out of it. And that's something I've definitely uh, witnessed firsthand there, uh, seeing how hard you guys work, especially at CMMA, which if you guys don't know is Chad... Chad's uh, school, his academy, CMMA, he's got two locations, one in Gardena, that's where the headquarters is, the other's in Southgate, fantastic work you're doing there, by the way, Chad, I think not too long ago you had, what, three guys on a Bellator card simultaneously, four, Four. just absolutely insane, and of course, February 28th, I'm absolutely excited to have, you know, some more CMMA guys on on the Fighters Rep 9 card, the Fighters Rep 9 card. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, I'm definitely excited to have you on there. And you guys actually won the last, you know, Lions Cup. This time you guys will be coming back to defend some great talent on the court. So it should be a, an exciting be show. Uh, Jamaican <clears throat> says, I think, and he seems to agree with you, Chad, I think Cowboy should do a wrestle-heavy attack in the first three rounds. Cowboy should not throw a right hand in round one or two. Otherwise, he's going to get countered to death. Uh, Ginger Giant says, yeah, but I think from everything I'm hearing on Connor's side, if he wins, it'll happen. Connor makes the decisions. Yep. Remember that. He does. That's crazy to me. Uh, Jamaican also saying, George, if you notice, I removed the word boxing from my name. Goes to show you I'm not feeling the bullshit. I'm not feeling the bullshit this year. I'll watch, but I'm buying if the fights ain't the fights we want. You know, a lot of fans, you know, um, hardcore fans, you know, are getting turned off. But like you said, you know, there's a slew of, of casual fans that are always coming in willing to sign up. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it, it does damage the sport. It does damage the sport to in, the long, in the long run. I mean, for, for, I mean, here's the thing. You got to look at it. Are you talking about damaging it from what you know it as or what it's going towards? See? It's confusing. You know... I'll, this this is what I'll say. This is what concerns me about the UFC doing it. It makes me think that if the UFC is doing it, right? If the UFC is doing it, a company that's supposed to be at the very top and just absolutely killing it, you know, that's crazy because, I mean, shouldn't they have so much money that they, they shouldn't be bound by money fights? I mean, shouldn't they be able to just do the best guys against the best yeah, guys? Yeah, but it's money business. I mean, does do you think it may be an indication that they're financially hurting in some way? I don't think they're financially hurting, but I mean, I definitely, they, you know, they have to watch what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like anything, they can go under for by making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. One decision leads to another. That's not, I mean, they're not where they are because of accident. Yeah. You know, they are in the position they're in because of everything that they've done. Now, the people that are getting upset with all the changes they're making and the, and the choices that they're that they're doing are the people that have been in it for the long time, right? Mm. These are the same people that they could care less are, are following it anymore. They want the new crowd. They want the people that are going to buy into this new look, that are going to buy into this new uh, era of it. They don't care about the people from before. They're like, okay, you guys are, you guys are old news. I don't care about it. you guys stick around. Fantastic. We've already gotten your money. We want that new money now. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, pound for pound boxing. He just joined the chat. Says, "What's up, George? What's up, pound for pound? Thanks for joining us. Uh, me and Chad are happy to have you, Chad. What is it we're drinking, by the way? Because man, this feels like hot fire coming down, bro. Well, tonight, I love it. I love tonight, it. Um, unfortunately, we're not drinking proper twelve. Mm. Actually, fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of Irish whiskey. You know, yeah, to me, yeah. it tastes like cough syrup. So tonight, uh, we are drinking on some Basil Hayden. Hey." Uh, it's an amazing Kentucky bourbon. Um, I love this stuff. Uh, it's a good sipping whiskey. Uh, if you notice, I'm not using any uh, any ice with it. Just just neat. The way you can, the way it goes down. It's awesome. You're a real whiskey man, Chad, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing the fun with your boy here. Uh, Suleiman saying this is a little off topic, but I read Poye got 250k against Habib. Where is all the money going that the UFC generates? I know boxing is corrupt, but at least the fighters get some of that money. Um, didn't Dana White just have like a $2 million birthday party or something like that for his daughter? God, that guy's the man. <laughs> you know, like it's here's the thing. It's a business, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're talking about fighters who are coming up from no money. You've got, look, let's look at um, LFA, for example, right? Very small feeder program, but you're going to pit two of the top up-and-coming talents in the world that could potentially be not only in the UFC, but UFC champions. They're going to yeah. fight each other, and one of them is probably going to get signed to the UFC. They're going to get paid $1,500, maybe $2,000 to fight each other. $2,000 to show up, $2,000 to win. For the same type of fight, they would make twenty or thirty grand minimum in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're taking that fight from a guy who's going to make $4,000 to fight somebody, but now we're like, we're going to give you 200000 Fuck yeah, I'm in. Give it yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. They don't see it as the fact that, that there's millions and millions and millions of other dollars they could be getting. Yeah. They see it as a, as a um as a step up from what they were making. Step up. That's a platform <laughs> up. You can't even see the other levels that we're we're in between anymore. For sure, for sure. 
uh, Jamaican. He's still on the uh, uh, very upset about corruption. A lot of people on the channel come yeah. to the channel, you know, because they're disgusted with corruption. And that's kind of been our thing. You know, I don't know if I told you, you know, Chris Cully. Yeah, I know Chris very well. So I don't know if I told you, but, you know, he kept getting skipped over for WBC mm -hmm. title shots. It's because he called me out all of those years. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> I love you, Chris. He, he kept getting skimmed over for these uh, WBC title shots. Mm -hmm. He really wanted one in the, you know, in Muay Thai. He wanted yeah. a Muay Thai. He's uh, a phenomenal striker. Yeah, and so he ended up knocking a guy out, and the guy he knocked out immediately received a WBC I title remember shot. Remember that, yeah. So you know, I got Chris on the channel on an on an audio uh, Skype interview just to you know talk about it live like we're doing here, and I guess some promoter overheard it and offered him a WBC title yeah, shot. So cool. I felt like that was a huge victory you cool. know, for the channel. That's very cool. Um, Jamaican says, for the most part, UFC fights are 60-40. I'm okay with the one-off here and there, but boxing made me sick last year. This year, I ain't supporting the bullshit. Here's the thing. Last year, though, we got Fury Wilder. That was an incredible fight. Yeah. This year, we get it again. I mean, no, you, you have to love that fight. You have to. But look, let's be honest here. Fury Wilder, Chad... You know, at least in my opinion, Waterkamp took that fight because Fury had been out of the ring for two and a half mm -hmm. years plus, had ballooned up to 400 pounds, had been snorting cocaine and doing all kinds of other stuff. They probably thought Water was going to just run right through him. And I think that was a situation where, you know, mm -hmm. it was a banana skin kind of situation where they were like, oh, we're going to run through this guy. And they ended up getting a lot more than they bargained mm -hmm. for. And I thought Water got... Wilder was losing that fight. I thought he lost that fight. You know, I don't know how he got that decision. I mean, I remember, I remember watching it. Like, <laughs> all you got to do is tell uh, Fury, just don't die this round. Yeah. I mean, did you think Wilder won that fight? I mean, if you look round for round, no. Yeah. He didn't. Okay. But if you also look at it for the fact that somebody literally died in that fight. <laughs> I mean, so how do you go with that, right? Like, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, Fury yeah. picked them apart and scored, like, some good shots the whole fight. But he literally died in the 12th round. Like, Mick from Rocky had to wake him up in a dream oh, to get him out. God. He had to rise up from, like, uh, um, snatch. Like, Brad Pitt and snatch to come back and, and fight. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, you actually see his head kind of, like, pop up as if it's so... He was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's on. <laughs> uh, Jamaican says, proper 12 tastes like diesel fuel, in my Horrible. opinion. Horrible. You got to try some Basil Hayden. And, and I'm, I'm definitely taking sponsors if, if uh, they are they're watching. You hear that whiskey sponsors? We got uh, the man here, and uh, wow, wow! Big shout out to uh, Emmanuel Kant for the generosity. Just donated twenty dollars to the super chat right now. Awesome. Thank Very you cool. for that, Emmanuel. That means a lot for us. As I take know. twenty percent of that. So. <laughs> As you know, anything you guys, uh, you know donate it gets reinvested into fighters rep and hopefully helping build the next big striking promotion here in southern california he's asking with his donation how much road work and swimming do you do so it depends on the athlete right like when uh, when i was fighting for most people that know i retired this last year um i would run two three times a week but swimming is something that i would love i'd like to do that two or three times a week as well wow. um, i think running for boxers and running for mma guys are two different um, two different things. I, the, the running is, is very da damaging on your body. You know, the old school runners are, you know, you got to run every day. You got to run 10 miles. Like I remember my boxing coach used to take me to a track and we have to run 10 K's every, every, uh, every weekend. And I hate running. I absolutely hate it. And as I started getting more and more involved in the sports, I realized that yes, the conditioning is important. The running is important, but what's more important is making sure you're getting your rounds in. You're getting your conditioning in. It doesn't have to be just from road work. Road work, I find, it's great for the mind because you're making yourself get out there and it's just you and the road and, and whatever thoughts you have going on. Even when I run, I don't put headphones in. Yeah. It's just me me wow. and, and my own head. Wow. It's just go. Because I don't want to be checked out. Everything has to be checked in, just like when you fight. I see, I see. That's you know, and I think like swimming does that for you. It's, yeah. it's just you. You're dealing with your own thoughts about going one more lap, one more pump, uh, one more breath. And I think they're they're both great depending on the athlete. I feel like you know you've done a good job going one more pump. Uh, you are a father to be now, is my understanding. <laughs> that is the from... worst intro to that I have ever. 
My yeah. wife's over here looking at us. She's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> just, just one more Jesus pump, Christ. Chad. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, I you hope did... I have one more left for me. <laughs> Give me more whiskey. So uh, you did mention today on social media. You know, you you put up a picture of uh, you know. I couldn't help myself. You 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 uh, you left alien. yourself open to that one. You put up a picture of a gorgeous 3D child. I must say, out of all the 3D images I've seen. That's one of the cutest uh, 3D images I've seen, brother. So uh, congrats on that. Brother. Now, that that really is saying something about your character because that looked like an alien coming out of an alien that was sitting inside of an alien. So, Well, well back when we did the 3D imaging, I mean, it just kind of looked like a pixelated blob. So, I, you know, at least yours, you could tell it's a human being. No, it was um, definitely an incredible experience today. That was today we went down and we had our 3D imaging of, of my wife's stomach and um, man, uh, seeing the, the child moving was unbelievable. And actually, we had, there's a funny joke. This uh, you, you, you haven't heard this one yet, so it's not even a joke. I'm pissed. I'm already pissed off at my kid. Oh my! Because God. he's he she we don't know yet um, is in the belly. And the only reason we don't know is because my sister was there. We're doing a gender reveal later. We, we asked not to the day. So we're looking at the baby, and this is an amazing moment. And we see our child sucking its thumb. And wow. it's it, you see the heartbeat going through the back of the baby, wow. and the baby actually like kind of you almost look like the baby realizes what's going on and sticks its foot right in right into her stomach, Boom. and you see this leg pushing on her stomach, and she's like that little son of a bitch <laughs> doing like this, and the baby almost look it almost looked was like I've had enough of this, yeah. I don't want you guys looking at me, turned around and gave its back to us. Dang. Well, maybe, I mean, they can feel them pressing on that part of the stomach. Is that maybe? What I, you know, I don't know. But here's why it pisses me off. No child of mine just gives their back up like that. <laughs> oh, like already, I'm I just. The real jujitsu man coming out. Coming out. Uh, Suleiman <laughs> says, I remember watching a Tito Ortiz interview saying him and Chuck Liddell made 100K a piece and the fight generated over $30 million. I mean, that combined with the 20. The 250k that uh, you know, one of our viewers said that Poye made to fight mm -hmm. Habib in Saudi Arabia is just, or in Abu Dhabi, I think it was absolutely insane. Yeah. 250k. That's yeah, nothing. It's, it's nothing. Uh, Poye probably made a million for that fight in reality. Since yeah, I think Jamaica. he did. I think I heard something about that. Yeah. Most fighters make the money on the back end of a pay per view. The perp the purses are disclosed are just for tax purposes. Okay. But now with the ESPN Plus, the pay per views are changing. The fighters aren't going to be getting the same kinds. Uh, Suleiman says, what do you think about the cheapness of Frank Warren and Bob Arum not doing official press conferences? Well, I mean, if you ask me, Suleiman, I think that's disgusting. I mean, any chance I think you have as a promoter to get the fighters out there, you should absolutely take For it sure. and run with it. I agree. Know, I agree. agree I, think, I think that's a promoter's job. I and mean, we, we deal with this on the low levels, uh, especially where these guys just don't promote. They want the fighters to do everything, and they want to to receive all the the jewels and the the um, the gold at the end of the rainbow. But they don't want to do anything to prep it. Nice. And we just got two dollar seventy nine cent from our brother uh, Canadian dollars from our brother. Why did you say it Jamaica? like that? Because <laughs> it's Jamaican. He said he's Canadian. Well, he's living in Canada, but he there's a lot of Jamaicans in Canada. He, he said, said this, is, this is this is the guy on the other end of this thing. And he, <laughs> he said, keep up the good work. Much love to you, Jamaican. Appreciate your generosity, brother. He's uh, him and Emmanuel hooking it up big time. Thank you guys. Emmanuel said, you're the best, brother. My pleasure and. In response to what you said about your road work and running, he said, excellent. Um, helps so you don't get gassed out. Actually, let's, let's talk about the, the money in business. Like, look at this. Yeah, I'm just going to look at We're talking about how much money the UFC is making, right? Yeah, and yeah. how little the fighters are getting. Yeah. Check this. I'm a flip script. Watch this. Uh -huh. Look at all the money George is getting from you guys. And I'm getting <laughs> none of it. I'm getting none of it. Come on, man. Look, look, guys. I'm Not only am I getting none of it, I'm feeding him with... Elite list whiskey. Can't even say it. I'm so pissed. And and ass whippings at the gym. Uh, I've been pushing Chad to, to start his own because I don't know if you guys know this, but Chad is really big on the mental aspect of fighting and motivational speaking. He's got a fantastic podcast, the Savage Hour podcast, with something like over twenty thousand downloads. So definitely go check that. Where can they find the Savage it's Hour? It's everywhere. Podcast? You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. 
um, uh, Podbean, YouTube, it's everywhere. And Chad's been absolutely killing it on there. You know, I told him it's probably a good idea for him to start his own YouTube channel. I've offered to maybe start the channel and do whatever it is that we need to do that do there. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see if uh, he takes me up on that offer at some point. We are doing Savage Tactics now, where you you know you give us some tips uh, regarding fighting. I think getting some jujitsu tips from you though would be fantastic as well. Hey, we do it all. Yeah, brother. You know, we, might even, we might even have to do a, a, a whiskey night where we lay out all the different whiskeys oh, and we do, a, do that live oh, to give people different, uh, different looks on, on what types of whiskeys to try and what the flavor's like and bringing people that, that have never had whiskey or uh, I, I think that, that, that drinking Jack Daniels is the way to go. Maybe we get some liquor sponsors in this piece. Um, Jamaican says, I think Cowboy's going to win the fight, though. I, have I hope him, so. I have him submitting Connor. Via arm triangle. Arm triangle. Interesting. What do you think about that, Chad? Well, I mean, I, I love the arm triangle. It's one of my uh, favorite techniques, so that would be awesome. I'd love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, LOL. So he says, uh, Emmanuel Kant says, tell us his mental game. How do you, how do you assess an opponent? Well, I think we talked to... about that a little yeah. bit yeah. already at the beginning of this. You know, um, If we're talking about Connor and Cowboy, I mean, both of them are literally... Cowboys. I mean, they want to stand there and they want to trade. There's no fear from either one of those guys. And it's not about doing anything for anybody else other than the fact they both want to put on a show. Yeah. You know, I don't think either one of them are going in there with a specific game plan. Well, I take it back. I think Connor actually does have a game plan. He's got, I think he's got a very, very high level IQ. And I think his coaching staff are, are doing the same thing. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see if you have two guys that are just going guns blazing or, or one of, if one of them just acts like they are and becomes a sharpshooter. Yeah, I think what Emmanuel is getting at, though, he's saying, how do you assess an opponent? So at the, at the beginning, you told me, you know, you like to mm, break gotcha, it down. Gotcha. From- okay, well, um, I'll watch tape, and I also want to watch people's mannerisms, right? Um, how do they react when things are going their way? How do they react when things aren't going their way? And also, you can also see how do they react on their, on their outside life mm. because it can really play into a lot of things. If I'm a very cerebral fighter, and if I can get my opponent to act out of their comfort zone, I can start making them not necessarily do what I want them to do, but I can start making them do what they don't want to do. Mm. And then we can start working towards that. And I think that's a huge aspect of the game that a lot of people don't understand. Like when I coach, I actually coach my athletes so the other guy can hear me. I will coach the other athlete during the fight <laughs> without him knowing that I'm coaching him. You're the loudest person in the history. Absolutely. I- Love it. You can hear me in an, in an entire arena because I, I, I know what I'm looking for. And I know I can see on, on, on reactions. I can see mannerisms and I start coaching against that. Like, for example, there was a fight recently where one of my athletes was caught in a deep guillotine, deep, dead to rights. And I was telling him, I was like, okay, we're okay. Here's a million times away. His hands are in the wrong place. So when he goes to adjust, it's going to give us our time. Dang. So when he adjusts, I said, he's going to start inching when he inches and the other guy's hearing me. So it starts playing the mind games with him as well, going, well, maybe my hands aren't right. And then when he let, when he finally let go of that choke, I was like, oh, shit, thank God. <laughs> oh, my God, Chad. That's ridiculous, dude. I, I mean, love this, it, it, it's though. warfare. It's mental warfare. I love it. You I know, like, it. there's only two guys in there, but I have to do my best to be able to be um, all hands on the way that I can from anywhere that I can. My favorite is when you're screaming at the fighters' rep fights, nothing's free. Nothing's free. What do you mean by nothing's free? I think you've told me before, but well, here's what nothing's, nothing's free, free means. Nothing's free literally means that you can't hit me without me giving you a response. You can't let me hit you without me giving you another response. Mm-hmm. You can't miss me without me giving you a response. Yeah. Nothing's free. I can't let you have anything for free. And actually, here's a funny coaching point. I remember this was about it. This was last year. I had, this is a jiu-jitsu tournament. One of my guys wasn't listening to me. He, he just decided I'm not going to listen to coach. Yeah. Like, oh, always a bad idea. It's always a bad idea. So especially if I said, okay, you're not going to listen. I started coaching the other guy on how to beat him. Oh, my God. I was like, all right, if you're not going to listen, fine. Okay. I knew the other guy. I knew him, right? We're buddies. And he's actually like one of our, one of our affiliates. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. You don't want to listen to me? AJ, go for his left leg. Put your hand on the left side so I coach the other guy to beat him. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to coach somebody to win. AJ, that's uh, AJ Bryant. I know it. Mm-hmm. I know it. Great fighter. Yeah, great fighter. Great fighter. Former champ. Yep. Um, 
Ginger Giant says, we got to have Chad George Weekly Whiskey Ranch. <laughs> See? Uh, <laughs> Suleiman says, do you think the UFC and Connor are kind of pushing Cerrone into a corner, making him stand and bang? Cerrone basically guaranteed only stand-up. Why limit yourself, cowboy? Because what cowboy does. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Pure action fighter. Yep. Also, uh, Suleiman says, uh, and Emmanuel says, a good strategy by you know in response to the way you kind of deal with opponents. Suleiman says, "Why don't coaches start using more code words during fights? We need a Peyton Manning Omaha level of code words." I mean, they they do like even with my guys, we have we have some codes. Yeah. We, have, we have code words, you know. But like the idea of it is like, okay, how far is that really going to go? We start studying things. Right. right, right. Camp study. So unless it's going to be like baseball and we're doing this and we're yeah, we're, yeah. we're doing too many different codes and we're going to have guys like in what was that in um was that baseball recently where they got caught filming their uh their codes oh, and they were yeah, like so I mean yeah, yeah. are we really going to take it I mean this is fighting. What is your favorite code word that you've used? So we have a couple of different things like um for, like um I tell my guys okay all right it's time for Friday. Friday like we wrestle on Fridays. Yeah yeah I see I see you know okay. we wrestle on Fridays. There's, and there's also a couple of different things we do like L2 R2 uh, what that really means is two left hands, two right hands, or double up on the left side, double up on the right side. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, depending on where your camp's at, you might have little things that, that flow with your guys' program. I also like how you call, you know, you, you refer to certain, I guess, sequences and series mm-hmm. by, by guys' names. Like, you have your Tyson series, yeah. and mm-hmm. you have your Habib. Well, see, but I use those for drills, yeah. right? Like, I've got my, my Tyson drills. I've got my Gotti drills. I've got my... Um, uh, my my the Ali footwork drills, but these are drills based on certain individuals. Like I'm not gonna go into a fight and be like, all right, Tyson drill. You know, I might say Tyson movement, yeah. but that's that's no that's no secret. Where I'm just telling you to move left and right. Yeah. So you know, we've we've talked about this fight. We've got your view on it. Uh, what's coming up for you? Man, any, I, any big big news coming up besides the day? We I, we are. I, my schedule is slammed already. Slammed. We are. What? What is today's date? Today's the the fifth. Today's the fifth. So, I've got fights almost every single weekend this month, next month, and in March. I'm starting a seminar tour that I think we're, I've got like twelve seminars lined up from now until uh, May. And to, my baby's going to be coming in May. Wow. Uh, I'm trying. I think we're doing like one or two international trips for for seminars. Uh, we've got... Um, Where are you Bel- headed? Where are you headed? Well, uh, if everything works out as planned, we've got uh, Spain, Chile, and then potentially at some point, uh, Australia. Nice. Nice. So um, we've got a lot of awesome things we're in the works with with just uh, teaching, speaking engagements, where we're trying to travel a lot and start just motivating other people to uh, find the fighter in themselves and mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, there's a champion in all of us if you decide it. You just got to keep keep pushing forward. And like we talked about with uh, um, Cowboy. You know, just because you've had some upsets doesn't mean that this next one isn't going to be your time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited, man. Like these these next uh, these next 12 months are going to be really, really amazing. I think there's some incredible stuff, not only for the sport, but, you know, for my personal and professional career is is uh, really exciting times. Who are the great talents coming out of CMMA that we should be watching out for? We, we have, you know, we've got some really good pros, um, you know, some exciting guys that have been in the game. But honestly, this year is going to be the year for my amateurs. I've got some amateurs that I'm just really excited about uh, that are going to go pro. Um, the next time I got a heavyweight, um, Lou Schwenke. Big Lou. Big Lou. And uh, I think he's got the next, he's got the opportunity to be like the next Mark Hunt. Undefeated. Undefeated Camel State yep. heavyweight champion. Yep, Samoan heavyweight, kid. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazingly uh, talented. I mean, I've got this roster of, of kids that are 18 and 19 years old right now that are putting a beating on me and these other. Like, I got heel hooked by an 18 year old um, a couple nights ago. Like, my, my kid just turned 18 years old yeah, and, he's, yeah. and he's already beating me on the ground. And I wasn't even upset about it. Yeah. You can't be. You're teaching them everything they know. Well, privately, I was upset about it. <laughs> so, you know, we got Big Lou. Uh, you know, I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, I'm excited about all the kids on the fighters rep cards. I think this upcoming fighters rep card is just stacked. I've got three pro fights made now. Cool. Uh, really happy about that. Uh, including, it looks like it looks like we might get Terry and Ware oh, uh, cool. fighting on the card very against cool. Quentin Macatro, who's out of the movie. Hold on, so. hold on. Terry fighting Quentin. I think so. Yeah. 
I okay. think so. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Yeah, assuming they both agree to it. So um at what weight? I I asked for I I'm seeing if they could do a one fifty five. You know, Terry on's a thirty fiver. Well, they told me 47, 42, 47. I said, would you take 47? I think and Quentin's a 55er. Yeah. Well, no, he's actually heavier. I, I train both. But yeah, guys. 55. Yeah, I know. I know you've. Well, I mean, well Quentin's been through my gym. Terion's actually a very good friend of mine, and he's he's been training. With Listen, I can't do anything without you having dirtied it up or touched one of the five. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, I'm also very excited, obviously, about Shane Collins. He's mm-hmm. a young kid that's training. He's one of my youngsters. Like I'm very excited only, about. Only 19. That's what I'm telling. You. I've got I've got. Cody Davis, I've got Jonathan Powell, Shane Collins. Um, Eric Valencia is going to be fighting on the court. Eric Valencia is well. making his debut. Yep. And then I've got some other kids. I got like little Sammy. Sammy's phenomenal. He's a 19 year old. I've got the 19 year old that's actually a buddy of his that just started training with us. He's got a lot of amazing talent. So my junior team is is really what's more exciting for me yeah. this year. I mean, my pros, don't get me wrong, we've got a lot of great things, but my junior squad, man, I, I this is going to be their year. Um, Suleiman is saying, did you see the UFC yearly wrap-up video? UFC seemed to forget to include Stipe, just the greatest heavyweight ever. <laughs> but he stays under the radar. Uh, yeah. Uh, Suleiman's also asking, what's Chad's podcast called? The Savage Hour Podcast. It's everywhere. Just pop it up on iTunes, Spotify, all that kind of good stuff. The Savage Hour Podcast. And Ginger Giant says, there's a new generation of monsters out there. Boxing prospects out there like Dubois, scary as fook. And Ginger Giant, definitely, uh, I can attest to what Chad's talking about here. Some of these youngsters coming out of CMMA are pretty terrifying. Uh, It it terrifies me. And this is why, like, for me, I'm 37 years old. I'll be 38 in April. And, you know, I've been fighting for a long time. And I just, I look at these kids that are in my gym, and I'm so thankful that, that, like, I'm not fighting them. Yeah, yeah. You know, these kids have no fear. They pick everything up so fast and they are so hungry just to follow in the footsteps of the path that's been laid for them. And some great gyms, man. Some great gyms. I mean, yours, obviously, and some other great gyms competing. You know, Crew Rod's gym, Team Victory, is going to be on the card with a couple of pro fighters, even. Very cool. Uh, It looks like uh, uh, Nico Ruiz is going to be fighting, as well as John Garcia. He's going to be fighting as well. Um, a lot of great teams, champions, BJJ and fitness. They've got a pretty tough team. They got some good got good kids on the car too. So very excited. Uh, Chad, believe it or not, we've been going for about an hour now. And I really appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything? And Suleiman says, we'll make sure to follow the podcast. Say, Thank you, Suleiman. Much love, brother. Um, is there anything you want to say before I let you go? And oh man, we're just we're getting a slew of comments now. But is, <laughs> is there, now it's coming in. Is there anything you want to say before uh, we we cut this off? Kentucky bourbon is the way to go. I like That's it. That's all I got. I like it. Emmanuel Kant saying you talked about money. The best savings is gold and silver. Take a third of your money and buy it. It's going to go up always. Brilliant. Thank you for that, Emmanuel. Ginger Giant saying it's hard for people to praise Connor. But he genuinely has opened MMA up to a wider public, True. so the standard's going yep. to get stupid good. I agree with that. And Suleiman says, Tony versus Habib, quick take. Let's end this on a Chad George, Tony versus Habib, quick take. Break it down for me. Tony, third round submission. Wow, wow. And there you go. And why do you think that happened? I just think stylistically, it's it's the way it's a. It's kryptonite for Khabib. I think Khabib is very good. He's, he's one of the best that's ever done it. Um, I've even done posts. I'm like, is he the GOAT? You know, he hasn't done enough to be there, but I like to, I like seeing that feedback. And I think just stylistically that you know where Khabib's going to put the fight. He's going to try to get on the ground. And I think what Ferguson brings to the table is the fact that he never stops moving. His flexibility and this unorthodox way he attacks is just going to be a really bad matchup for Khabib. Yeah. You've seen Khabib almost get finished with a Darce by Poirier. He's almost been finished with guillotine. And I know I'm fixating on the word almost, but I also think that Ferguson is a different caliber grappler. And me being a grappler, and I would like to think that my my mentality and my uh, my uh, ability to understand grappling is be like that of a of Ferguson. I think that the guys that have almost caught him are not even near the level of uh, aptitude that Ferguson has. I feel like you know something. The rest of us don't be in a black belt in jujitsu in the first ever 
combat jujitsu world champion. Uh, Suleiman says, I like it with a fire emoji. Great scream. Thank you. Great stream. Thank you both. Thank you guys. Uh, Ginger Giant says, cheers, bro. Hope to see you on here again. And Emmanuel Kant saying, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Excellent interview. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I do want to say be sure to join us tomorrow again at 7 p.m. Pacific like we always do. I'm going to have Amir Abdullah, former kickboxing world champion, currently manager of Badu Jack. He's going to talk to us about that bullshit Badu Jack versus Jean Pascal decision that we had in boxing where Jean Pascal somehow retained his light heavyweight title uh, last weekend. Just an absolute embarrassment of a, of a boxing decision. Another decision that went crazy, Chad. Uh, just very unfortunate. It keeps happening. I tell people, you know, you want judging to change, sign up and be a part of the commission. You know what I mean? But uh, thank you so much, Knuckleheads. You all have a great night, and we appreciate you guys joining us. Chad, you the man, brother. Cheers. Straight up. There's nothing you know the boy says. There's nothing. I don't know why you wanna play with it. There's nothing you could do.